Uh, welcome to Pastamania, your wrestling time capsule. Uh, we are here. We are finishing off the Mega Powers. They're finally going to explode. Uh, I am Adam, joined as always by Jesse. Yes, it is me. And noobs. I just want to say fuck Trump and his goddamn plaza. Yeah. Oh, we'll get to that in a second. Also, oh this is going to be uh, really mean from what we were talking about before uh, we started recording, but uh, I get to be the one to do this now. Hell yeah. <laughs> uh, yes, yeah, so we're here for WrestleMania 5. Uh, it's uh, long. It is. Oh. It is like... There's like a... Th it's like a third of a good show in there. Maybe half. <laughs> There's Today's stuff in there. Like, not bad. Like, I was surprised by how much of the show I liked. That doesn't mean that I liked a lot of the show. It means that I liked more than I expected out of a three-hour and 40-minute show. Uh, uh -huh. <laughs> it was April 2nd, 1989. Uh, the number one song was Eternal Flame by The Bangles. Wow. Yeah. Uh, also, remember how Rain Man was the number one movie at the Royal Rumble in January? Holy Phil, shit. Rain yeah. Man's the number one movie. Yep. Rain Man was huge. The 80s are fucking weird. It was huge, man. It was the number one movie of the year. Like, Rain Man was unstoppable. And it wasn't, like, constantly number one, but it, it was kind of like the Titanic <laughs> and Avatar thing where it would dip and then come back and dip and then come back. It's, yeah. Uh, Crazy. not a whole lot in TV. Mike Myers joined SNL. Uh, in April of 1989, so that's cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, nice. And in video games, uh, Super Mario Land came out on the original Game Boy. Uh, oh, which wow, was, I remember yeah. that game. Yeah. That game which was crazy sucked. at the time. But it was crazy at the time. Like, a, a, a approximation of Super Mario Brothers on the Game Boy, that was wild. Wait, was Super Mario Land the one where it was, like, in Egypt and everything like that? I don't remember. Maybe? Yeah, it was. Yeah. Yep. Yes. It just that one was dumb. I, oh yeah, like it's not fun to play painful. now. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it was like the like there was like a Donkey Kong Country game, like the Game Boy Color, that was like really rough. I'm uh, almost. I'm about to be born as well. Yeah, I'm. A, I'm a few months off as well. Yeah. Yay. Um. Uh, I've got a while. Yeah, you got a little bit. So, <laughs> WrestleMania Five is at the. It is at the historic Atlantic City Convention Center. That's what the building is. They call it Trump Plaza because the because... Trump Hotel and Casino was the main sponsor of the show. But that's not what that building is. It has never been. Yep. It has always Fucking... been the historic Atlantic City Convention Center. So, that is the Adam, name of the Adam, building. Adam, are you saying that Trump paid his way to have something yeah. publicized in the press his it's way? Wild. It's crazy, right? Oh man, that's this so is, weird. And this is the second year in a row they've done this. God, because <laughs> uh, WrestleMania Four was also here. Um, it was in front of eighteen thousand nine hundred and forty-six people, with seven hundred and sixty-seven thousand people watching at home. The biggest WrestleMania ever. It would not be topped for another ten years until WrestleMania Fifteen hit eight hundred thousand wow. buys. That's that's insane. crazy. I mean, there was a good dip after, like, like yes, oh yeah, the new the new generation. Sure. I would have thought six would have done it with with Hulk versus like, uh, Ultimate the, uh, Insano Man. It's one of the reasons why you don't really see Babyface versus Babyface that often because a lot of people attribute that 
to like that, the the storyline was interesting and like it was building up Ultimate Warrior as like the the the, the new guy, but the, the it wasn't compelling because it wasn't a babyface and a heel. Like it wasn't a traditional wrestling story, and that's why some people think it dipped. It wasn't. I don't think it was a huge dip, but it was enough. Um, yeah. And then wait a minute, you're telling me WrestleMania Seven with the blockbuster main event of Hulk Hogan versus Sergeant Slaughter. <laughs> <laughs> didn't break box office records i mean they had to move to a smaller venue it yeah because it would have bomb threats i was about yep. to say it would have it would have done better had the had the war not started that i too. think it's just like right. oh shit it got yeah. real yep uh, <laughs> Uh, <laughs> sympathizer no it, he just got it got grumpy. yeah it got weird uh <laughs> we start the show with the sex jazz music no, 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 no. We start the show with Vince McMahon in the background going, Damn it! We forgot a national anthem singer! Robin! Yes. Robin just walks by the halls. Robin, get your ass over here! Got, got there, Sherry. Uh, can you kind of sing? Actually, hold can up. You, can you not sing at all? Because, God damn uh, it, while drunk, I can belt that out better. Yes. But let's, let's let Vince introduce the show real quick. Hit that sex jazz music. I'm just like uh, dancing like it's Top Gun or some shit. Like, let's <laughs> fucking go. <laughs> yeah, that does sound like some volleyball music. Playing with the boys. Maybe this is dumb hindsight or, or people just really into kayfabe. But like, how did you not know Vince owned the company? He fucking voiceovered everything. Because he was also like the announcer. So like, I, I guess know, Michael Cole voices yeah, he, over stuff like Corey Graves had, does. And he not was like before... that. Not like that at the time, though. It always felt like he True. was precedent. Oh, he but, he was, but yeah. like it's it, at the time though. That was when like everybody kind of did everything. Uh, like yeah. if you were like in on screen, especially like, I like said, a non wrestling kind of hindsight. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Gorilla brings us into the show, and then Fink introduces women's champion Rock and Robin to being America the Beautiful, and it sure is. And yeah, it's her yeah. fifth grade talent show performance. Leave her alone. Yeah. <laughs> and then we are on to the first of fourteen matches on this. That's it. Show. God, I thought it was like twenty. Yeah, it definitely Fuck. felt like twenty. Uh, King. It, yeah. Uh, the one thing I'll say before mm-hmm. the matches started, there was a great shot of like the transition period after the national anthem where. They're behind Ventura and Monsoon. Yeah. Like the camera just kind of pans down to them and then it just goes ding, ding, ding. Like it goes right in. I'm like, that's solid. Yeah. Uh, King Haku is out first with Bobby the Brain Heenan. Haku! Uh, Heenan cuts a promo telling the crowd to bow, which gets them appropriately riled up because apparently those people don't know not to fuck with Haku. I'd have been on my knees. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Uh, and then Haku's opponent Hercules comes out and s- just just slings this enormous fucking chain around the ring. I didn't realize that Seth Rollins was such a big fan of Hercules. Yeah, right. <laughs> and then I and then he this just is... go ahead. I mean, isn't he just white junkyard dog? Fuck. God damn. I think. I mean, that. that's when I saw the chain. It's like, oh, that's yeah. not fair. Where's like, Junkyard Dog? What JYD is this shit? isn't as isn't as like swole, isn't as roidy, but yeah. Yeah. 
Also, I mean, that's a pro- probably also why they stopped using him is when Hercules got yeah. all. This is uh, the point. This is the point in the show where I recognize, yeah, there's Trump just sitting right yeah, there. Just sitting there. <laughs> I'm going to have to see just, this whole yep. fucking thing just right Actually, there. Actually, <laughs> I have written here, uh, standard 1980s fare, Hercules whoops Haku's ass for a while. Haku whoops Hercules' ass for a while. Ventura mentions Donald Trump in the front row. I die inside. Yep. Man, you're going to do a lot of that. Listen, I intentionally didn't look at the crowd. Uh, right. Well, right. I did. There was a Trumpomania running wild sign. <laughs> oh, no. It was bad. It was oh, one of those big ones, too, where I they collusion. cut open a box. Oh, <laughs> just, oh I hate it that. It was bad. Collusion. They showed it twice. <laughs> uh, it's all bad. It's all bad. It's all very bad. Uh, no, it's not bad. Haku hits Hercules with a backbreaker, and he like holds Haku's it and then hits it again. The fucking it was, definition of it, not bad. It looked cool. I've never seen like, a backbreaker like that. Um, yes. Haku hits Hercules with a super kick and then goes for a middle rope splash, but Hercules rolls out of the way. Uh, then Hercules hits Haku with a bridging suplex and gets the pin and the win in 657. So I I don't think in a vacuum, this match was fine as like a 1980s house show match. But boy, say what you will about wrestling, like modern wrestling, but at least they know how to program a fucking pay-per-view. <laughs> because they wouldn't put this as the opener. Like, it's not bad, but it's not... Uh, there's nothing remarkable about it. Not how you start a show. Like, the biggest <sighs> WrestleMania ever. What do you yep. think, Jesse? Yeah. What do you think, Noobs? My note is it's going to be one of those <laughs> nights, ain't it? Yeah, I very much thought Sorry. the same thing. I just... uh, yeah, like, no, that's that kind of match, though. Like, it's very much like... Is Haku doing all the work, and then Hercules yep. getting all the glory, and yeah, yep. it's just kind of what you did back then. Also, it's wild to think that of how fucking long Haku's been wrestling. Right. It is insane. It's ridiculous. And he still looks good. Yep. Uh, the Rockers are in the back with me, in the back with me and Gene. Uh, <laughs> like, all both... the, the babies of yeah. Attitude Era oh, yeah. across this is crazy. So... Both rockers cut a promo, and somehow, inexplicably, Marty's promo was better than HBK's. Sean's promo, he felt a little lost, and Marty yeah. like cut a like a solid, coherent promo, which was really interesting. Obviously, they're both babies, and and so I'm not going to hold that against like Sean. I mean, Sean went on to be Blondie the greatest doing ever. Them drugs early. <laughs> I was about to say like yeah. Sean sounded like he was hung over as hell. Oh yeah. And Janetti just didn't take that last shot last night, so which, he's which feeling is, a lot better. Which feels like, which I empirically know is false, <laughs> because Marty Janetti. <laughs> but yeah, like they were, it was really interesting because like I was like, oh god, here we go, Marty's about to cut a promo, and then he does. And I'm like, oh, that was like way better. Yeah, it wasn't bad. Uh, <laughs> the Rock. That Janetti kid's gonna go places. Not right? sure about the other guy. <laughs> Uh, the Rockers are wrestling the Twin Towers, uh, Big Boss Man and Akeem, managed by Slick. Boy, everything about Akeem makes me uncomfortable. Yeah. All, all, I don't like it. All of it. It's... Yep. Uh, Getting a lot of bad birds with one stone there. Yep. Making uh, fun of Dusty, being racist, appropriating. Yep. Just a lot of stuff. Yeah, 1989. The Rockers start out by bonking the Twin Towers off the aprons. And then HBK just puts on a show against Boss Man. He is jumping and flipping and just spotting 
all over the place. It was a, the beginning of this match was Shawn Michaels showing why he is Shawn, like why he would become Shawn goddamn Michaels. Uh, Akeem gets tagged in and HBK shows that he is a surprisingly good moonwalker. He just moonwalks for a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Gil. That's right. He fucking did that. <laughs> Somewhere a young Carmella has an awakening. Uh, whoa, whoa. Right when I start thinking, huh, this match seems surprisingly fun. The Twin Towers take over and everything slows down. Bam! Uh, as is as was the style at the time. Uh, signs of life as Marty makes Akeem bonk the boss man and HBK gets the hot tag. Uh, to work over Akeem with Marty helping, uh, but they the heels take back over is a Akeem takes Sean's fucking head off with the lariat. Great sell by Sean. Uh, Bossman goes for a top rope splash, but HBK dodges and takes back over. But Bossman counters HBK into a power bomb and tags in Akeem, who hits HBK with Air Africa, a standing splash for the win. In eight uh, minutes and two uh, seconds. Uh, you know, that's really good, but it's just not quite as oh good as 99 Wolf Balloons. Uh, no. God uh, damn it. Um, uh, it's like a solid match. Was this, I'm, was this Shawn Michaels' debut at Mania? Probably. I think so. I would assume so. Yeah. There's no way he, there's no way he was in that tournament in four. Yeah. Right. There's no way. <laughs> yeah, for real, God. Uh, but yeah, like, like, like uh, not, what does like, he do for five years till he gets that ladder match at 10? He was, Jesus. he was, a tag um, team. yeah, tag team drowning until floating. basically he was a tag team until right before WrestleMania nine, and then you WrestleMania you, nine gotcha. they broke up and they fired Marty, <laughs> and he, mm, yeah, and he wrestled Tatanka at WrestleMania nine. Uh, gotcha. Yeah, like there wasn't even really a tag match at. There were two tag matches at um, WrestleMania four. Uh, Jesus God, uh, all the rest. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, but yeah, um, like fine. You know, it's it, that man. I see on paper the Rockers versus the Twin Towers. They gave me exactly what I expected, which I suppose is all right. What do you think, noobs? Uh, yeah, it just. It was just that glimmer of seeing Michaels doing what he did and yes. what he's about to do. It was it was very nice. Yes, the beginning of that match with HBK just bumping all over the place was really fucking good. What about you, Jesse? Same. Um, the, I'm trying to think. I guess the Rockers were no, they weren't the first. It was a Midnight Express, right? As like the high flying tech team, like like Midnight Express, Rockwell Express, like that. Yeah, yeah, then, they were. But that was very only much, like maybe four years before. So the yeah, they were, were they were still. very much following in those footsteps. Yeah. But they were, especially in the WWF, kind of the first of their kind. Right, right. right. Um, Big Boss Man didn't do a lot, which I was surprised by. Yeah, but like he's still he's he's greener than baby shit here. Like he is not. He's just right. started wrestling. But like, didn't he, he already he, have his like Hogan push? Yeah, a little or is bit that after this. Yeah, no, no. He, he, like, he after SummerSlam, like, you know, like after SummerSlam, they had their whole thing, or, or no, was it? Gotcha. Or is it going into this summer? But yeah, he's like, he's dealt with Hogan, but you know that doesn't. Yeah, yeah. Hogan's wrestled a lot of people in main events that couldn't wrestle. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, but but Bossman would get there, man. His shit in Japan is fucking wild. Yeah. Uh, 
we go to the back with Tony Schiavone uh, interviewing Ted DiBiase. Tony Schiavone. Tony Schiavone's interviewing Ted DiBiase and new AEW superstar Virgil, aka Soul Train Jones. Yeah. I'm not making that up. Wait. That happens. Oh, yeah. Did you not see that amazing video package with um, Chris Jericho and they fucking bring in Virgil as Soul Train Jones? Soul Train Holy Jones. shit. Yeah, he's getting that fuck money. He's getting that Olive Garden yep. money. Oh, good for him. That unlimited God, he even, he even mentioned Olive Garden. It's like, oh, my God. It's just his gimmick now. <laughs> his talent His talent is like Olive Garden breadsticks. Unlimited. Now I'm expecting the fucking Iron Sheik to come out as the Mercury oh, Sheik or God. some shit. <laughs> Jesus. Like, Please no. Uh, I was just hoping that like he, he just showed up for a second. I hope he's not gonna like do anything on air much. I don't of course, know. I don't, well, I don't of think course he is. you know, they fucking had DDP show up for a brawl for some reason, get mm-hmm. everybody excited. No, I mean, I'm done. Never mind. DDP, there's a precedent for that because DDP was in Cody's corner at all no, in. I know. I love him, and I would love to see him back in the ring and stuff. But like, yeah, they got going. so many people that they're not exposing for yeah. shit like that still. And I feel like, yeah, no, I feel like DDP showing up for like a one segment or two to build up a main event title match is fine. Uh, uh, but yeah, uh, I don't think, he, and I don't think he's going to be a full thing fucking virgil I think right it's just uh yeah yeah no, it's uh, virgil. but he did post the virgil did post on instagram the fucking soul train jones is all elite picture it was fucking funny oh god, god. Um, <laughs> come come meet him at his booth and he'll sign those for you wrestling superstar virgil uh ted dibiase name drops trump and i die again yep. inside I have a hey. note saying take a shot every time Trump is mentioned and you'd already be passed out. Then we cut to ringside right. where DiBiase is showing his million dollar belt to Trump and I'm dying inside again. But, but, hold up, what's that? That's a defibrillator, a funky ass slap bass. Cause here what? comes <laughs> Brutus Beefcake. <laughs> did, did Adam stroke out there for a moment? I may have forgotten Brutus Beefcake's name. <laughs> How could you forget I'm Brutus the fucking Barber attack. Beefcake? I don't know. <laughs> Brutus the Barber Beefcake, please this is like a me, year, this is like This is like a few months before his goddamn like crazy parasailing injury, too. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, fucking he got fucked up real bad. Uh-huh. 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 Uh, hey, at, le- at least those nipple rings didn't tear off. True. And a few <sighs> years and a few years before he main evented Starcade. <laughs> uh, fucking ridiculous. Uh I love this- his existence kind of just fucks with the wrestling timeline. Oh yeah. Like like why? He's why? Yeah, because he's Hulk Hogan's familiar. Yeah. <laughs> his brother for a couple of years familiar is really good though i like yeah that. like you fucking, like hogan, cat brute, hogan wants you hogan wants you to think that ted dv or that that jimmy hart is his familiar but it's actually brutus beefcake i i can dig it uh this match is pretty good there isn't a lot to write home about but in 1989 that alone is worthy of praise yeah there was uh-huh. there was one moment where Ventura, it's him and Monsoon claiming DiBiase or Monsoon claimed DiBiase cheated and bribed his way to the top, and Ventura it, just goes, "You know that's how all the great fortunes are made." Meanwhile, Trump is just yep. right there and yeah, it's just like yep. oh God, this, is too, this is too much. Like, as as I watch 
a lot of these matches from this era, from 88 and 89, and then I watch this match, I find myself wondering, is is Brutus Beefcake actually a good wrestler? Nope, he is like, not. He's not great, but like he's got work rate. Like, DiBiase is a very he's good just wrestler. He's kind of there. Well, but like, br- like br- fucking Brutus is like keeping up with him. Like, DiBiase is leading the match, but like Brutus is not falling behind in an era sure. of slow plotting. Like, I was, I came away from this match impressed by the fact that Brutus was able to keep up with DiBiase so well in an era where people didn't, if you weren't Mr. Perfect, you weren't really keeping up with that. Uh, I I think I mean, like we'll get it, to like, that match though, yes, and I don't like, think Brutus could keep up. With oh those no, two. listen, don't get me wrong. Like it's it's in the grand like scheme of things, no, he's not a good wrestler. But like in the context of 1989, like he might be better than average. I'll take him over Akeem or mm-hmm. Hercules. Hercules. Yeah. No, I got uh, you. Oh hey, Brutus is taking over. He's taking out Virgil, and it's time. Oh, it's time for the big baby face to come out. Come, come back. Double count out in ten oh one. And in my my head, after the match ended, a how the fuck do you finish a goddamn WrestleMania match on a count out? Fuck you. B, I just had the thought of like, okay, usually Brutus comes out and threatens to cut someone's hair. What yep. if he just grabs Virgil? And I thought he's just thing. like, I will fucking I cut the, your hair. I thought the same <laughs> thing. He does grab his shears, uh, yeah. but he just chases the heels away to celebrate in the ring after the match. Uh, but yeah, like this was like a solid, like this was like overall like a five out of 10. So for 1989, it was like a seven out of 10. Uh, yeah. What do you think, Jesse? Yeah, um, I mean, I guess I did, too, kind of forget that Brutus is supposed to be terrible, and so I was just, let it be what it was. I still think DiBiase deserves bigger oh, um, spots than he, than he ever got, but, Oh, you know, yeah. Uh, and this end is of one the, of the day, it's whatever. And this is one of the two matches on the card to go into double-digit minutes. Uh, this and the main event, the only ones that broke ten minutes. Uh, what did you think of the match, Noobs? Yeah, it it was fun for what it was. Like DiBiase's just great, and that's yeah all there really is. All that, exactly, you really need. Uh, and and we get to see a a fucking testament to eighties booking of we nobody wants to job for anybody, so double count out. Like yep. like that should happen on house shows and stuff like that back in the day and that's whatever because it's building to like the pay-per-view but mm. like that should happen on. still like yeah they're just practicing the match just to make sure they get the which is fine down. which is fine on like an undelivised house show but the whole point is you're building to this and then it's a double count out because neither guy wanted to do the job yep so do you think this also went in double digits just because beefcake is uh hogan's boy i don't think so if anything it was more for it was more because like DiBiase or like it was a featured match on the card. Uh, and also it went into double digits by literally two seconds. So I'm not actually reading that much into it. That's fair. It's still second longest either way, but there were a lot of matches that went right up to 10 minutes, but didn't go over it. There are a lot of matches between nine 30 and 10. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're right. Uh, uh, we go to Lord Alfred Hayes at the WrestleMania brunch interviewing the Bushwhackers who are Hilarious. stuffing their faces and talk a lot with their mouths full, which made Lord Alfred Hayes crack up. And that was uh-huh. kind of nice to see. Yeah. Like, that was like, oh, Alfie. 
uh, out next are the Rougeos with their manager, Jimmy Hart. And I forgot that their theme was the song All American Boys, which is f- objectively fucking hilarious. <laughs> and so also, fun fact, do you know Jimmy Hart is like an accomplished like musician and like music producer? He's accomplished he, at something? He did a lot, of, like, a lot of 80s wrestling songs were Jimmy Hart. Huh. Like oh, yeah. I think I like, knew that. He did maybe. a lot of that. You can kind of get a like you. Can, I can kind of pick out a Jimmy Hart theme. Like All American Boys is a Jimmy Hart theme. Uh, I think he worked on Real American. I could be wrong though. Uh, like yeah, he is like a legitimately really good musician. It's fucking wild. Um, they had like the whole like the wrestling album around this time, and half the songs on it were produced by Jimmy Hart. Uh. So the Rougeos are facing the Bushwhackers. So like this should be like just like a weird short little novelty match. Let me just check and see how long this match is going to be. Oh, dear God. Right. Ventura just asked Gorilla if he'd been hitting the joy juice. And I hate that. I have that written down. (laughs) (sighs) Hey, look, I'm I'm dumb. That's alcohol, right? probably i think i heard okay. i heard joy I juice so. as well and yeah like yeah I mean, i'm pretty sure it's you're about like wine or what i'm drinking it's just sauce. like hey, i'm happy <laughs> yeah like uh jimmy hart immediately gets taken out so that's pretty funny at least fucking ventura is dragging monsoon this whole match because monsoon keeps complaining about how the rougeos are now residing in america and ventura is just constantly like your yes. parents were immigrants should we yep. tear down the statue of liberty it had me it, rolling yeah oh, it was man. great they, they were both on point oh god this night. What, was any of that on his uh platform for governor noobs <laughs> trust me trust me it i mean probably Going, tear yeah. down the Statue of Liberty. That sounds like something you'd say. Immigrants are ruining this fine state. Good damn um, Canadians. It's not Canadians right now, but yeah. <laughs> hey, uh, damn. The Bushwhackers won in nine ten, and I could not even begin to tell you one single thing that happened in that match. Yep the only th- the only note I have is the joy juice note. <laughs> yep. Uh, the fabulous after- Rousseau's kind of, you know, try and Bushwhackers like, we don't have to. <laughs> yep. Uh, afterwards, Sean Mooney is down there and he is he is put into a situation where he has to say the words. <clears throat> Mere words cannot describe how it feels to be licked by a Bushwhacker. <clears throat> Sean Mooney really sums up the last 10 minutes well. All right. So after that, dear God. God. All right. After that, we have the so best the, match the, on the card. The next match is oh my God, it's Mr. Perfect versus the Blue Blazer, aka Mr. Perfect versus Owen Hart. Are you kidding me? Let's fucking, fucking go. Baby yeah. ass Owen Hart with that unmistakable jawline. It's oh like, my oh. God. This is a drink of water in the desert. Let's get ready to work rate. <laughs> yup. Gorilla oh. didn't even know what to name half the shit they did. Yeah, like oh, Owen slaps what, what perfect. What the fuck was that? It's yeah, called a maneuver there, Monsoon. <laughs> like fucking so, like starts off with just Owen slapping perfect and hits him with a single leg trip and then follows it up with another slap, sends perfect into the ropes and perfect attempts to counter into a hip toss, but Owen flips out of that, hits perfect with a series of scoop power slams, and then drop kicks him to the outside, and then hits him with the baseball slide through the bottom rope. Yes. Mm -hmm. 
back in the ring, and Owen leaps over an attack from Perfect in the corner. They both counter each other like four times, and Owen flips a few times, because that's what these motherfuckers do. And then Owen hits Perfect with a beautiful standing drop kick, followed by a backbreaker. Dive! (laughs) (laughs) Owen gets to the top rope and goes for a flying headbutt, and Perfect gets his knees up, and Owen fucking yeets himself across the ring. (laughs) One of the best sells I have ever seen. Dolph Ziggler ass selling. For real. The original. Owen Irish whips Perfect into the corner and hits Perfect with a beautiful belly to belly. Then he leaps onto Perfect for a crucifix backslide pan attempt. Perfect kicks out and knocks Owen's head off and then hits Owen with the Perfect Plex to get the win in 538? 538. Y'all get the Bushwhackers nine minutes. 538? Are you a fan of Nate Silver? (laughs) And you've got got so much detail in that too. Couldn't even remember fucking what the Bushwhackers did. Yeah, like, th- I wrote more about this match than matches double the length almost. Like, it's... Yeah. Oh, half of the, half these matches. So good. But, like, it's exactly what you want it to be. Like, it's... Like, and this is when I started to be like, okay, this show, like, there are some really solid matches on this show. Like, some sleeper matches. Uh, <coughs> and I think there are some matches on the show that are really solid that you wouldn't think would be. And this was like, all right. The show started rough, but we're we're breathing a little bit. Uh, but mm. by a mile, the the best match on the show. What do you say, noobs? Yeah, it just what a fucking match. That's oh my god. Pretty much my note is just like, yep, <sighs> this was solid. Now I just want to go on WWE Network and just search Mister Perfect and watch all of his shit. Uh, uh, what do you think, uh, Jesse? I'm kind of that way about Owen. I mean, that God, too. it just. I hate being a downer, but just the that fact that he yep. didn't even make it out of the nineties just like, fucking crushes yeah, like, every time. Owen is is And he's doing the blue blazer gimmick again, which fucking blows my mind doing that in ninety eight, but Yeah, like he, he kept bringing back that blue blazer. Um probably my favorite was when he was like heel blue blazer and the whole storyline was Owen Hart, you're the blue blazer, and Owen's like, No, I'm not and then there was a match where Owen was like ringside and the blue blazer came down and it was fucking Coco Beware. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. And, oh. were, and Owen was like, see, oh. it's obviously not me. Oh my god. Uh, Holy uh, shit. That's it, so good and so fucked up. It's so good. And at one point, the blue blazer was also Jeff Jarrett. Because, uh, oh, you know, those god, two are really tight. Yeah. yeah. Oh my yeah. god. Uh, what do you think, Nibs? Or what do you think, Jesse? Which one of you hasn't gone yet? <laughs> oh, we both are. We both have gone, motherfucker. You just went on a spree. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> He's just sprinting. You're like, where am I? Oh, God. This match will do this. Speaking um, of sprints. Right? Then we get, then we get Fink. Adventure is like, oh, I got a surprise for you, gorilla. And then Fink is just like, self-proclaimed movie star, megastar, Jesse Ventura. And J- Ventura just stands up and just basks in the adulation of the crowd. And, and I start getting flashbacks. And, like, it's so weird, but it fits, <laughs> like, it fits his, like, 1989 ridiculous persona so well. Oh, yeah. Uh, like, of course he would do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we go to the previous He's so day. good on the booth, man. He's so fucking good. I've got some more highlights from him. Uh, we go to the previous day where Lord Alfred Hayes is introducing the WrestleMania 5K. Then Mr. Fuji shows up. Which is... Says, 
Yeah, that's a sin. That on its own, then Mr. Fuji shows up is like ten Aww. photo taken ten seconds before a disaster. Um, <laughs> it's extra funny because just the faces Mr. Fuji yep. makes just makes it and, makes me think of like the the white cat in that meme. Just oh, arguing yeah. like I need I need Mr. Fuji's face cropped over that cat now. Oh, just ah! just Ward <laughs> Alfred Hayes yelling at him, and then the cat Mr. Fuji's <sighs> what. Uh, <laughs> Fuji says that the powers of pain are going to win and he's going to finish this 5k and then he starts running before they say go and he's Which like lightly jogging it's fucking and great the fucking the fucking vision of Mr. Fuji slowly jogging the gun going off and all of the runners just blasting past him and him getting caught up in this like Lion King stampede of runners <laughs> is so one of the good. funniest visuals I've God. ever seen uh, I, so just, I keep saying it. I fucking love Mr. Fuji. <laughs> He's great. I love him so much. Uh, then we see Mr. Fuji supposedly finish the race. And once again, <laughs> he says that the powers of pain will be the tag champs. Oh my God. Yeah. Up next is run DMC with the WrestleMania rap. My <sighs> favorite, my favorite part of all of this is you could tell the camera oh, no. crews were told Oh, Look no. for the black people. Damn yep. It. I thought and you were gonna say like they, they, they like were told three. <laughs> I thought they, I thought you were gonna say they were told avoid Trump during this. Um, <laughs> oh well, no. Oh, oh. Uh, Jam Master J R.I.P. Yeah. comes out first and gets the crowd hyped up, and then Run DMC come out and perform the WrestleMania rap. Like I think I've actually like listened to a not insignificant amount of Run DMC in my day. Uh, and and it's it's weird to look back on like that era of rap now. Uh, but yep. like they've obviously got some bangers. Like they've got some good ass songs. Fucking turn on it's tricky and tell me that shit doesn't fucking slap. Oh no, yeah. But this was when they had started to wane a little bit. Um, they were because they had raising hell and I think like harder than leather were like their two big albums, and those were like eighty four, eighty five, eighty six, eighty seven, like around that era. So eighty nine they had starting to wane a little bit. Uh, and in 90, they would release their album called Back From Hell that was a massive failure. It was kind of their end. Uh, they would do things occasionally. Uh, they'd team back up every now and again. Uh, and then Jam Master J uh, got murdered. And he was like, you know, they said, like, there's no run DMC without him. So, like, that's just kind of it for them. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, it was a weird fucking segment. I had no idea. Like, I knew about the other weird segment on this show. I did not know about this one. Uh, so when Fink is just like Run DMC, I like, wait, beg what? Your what like, wormhole did I, did I oh, fall through? No. I am Donald Trump allowed a black person in his fucking place. Oh wait, it's not his. Yeah. Oh my god. Then we get several minutes of backstory of the tag title feud with Mr. Fuji turning on Demolition at the previous Survivor Series. Man, Mean Gene interviews Demolition in the back, and Demolition cut the most fucking 80s wrestling promo ever in their gimp gear as Demolition Smash makes ridiculous faces. Yep. <laughs> also, I love the Demolition Ooh, Smash. what a rut. I mean. <laughs> I love the Demolition Smash won't save his mustache, so the paint is just around his mustache. Yeah, it's yeah, just, it's God. Fucking Cesar Romero and the Joker kind of I shit. thought the same thing, but at least Cesar Romero had the good goddamn decency to paint over the mustache. This is smash fair. paints this around is... it. <laughs> I was just paint the mustache. Yeah. I will not paint the mustache. Uh, 
This is a three-on-two handicap match with Mr. Fuji wrestling with the Barbarian and the Warlord versus Demolition. Mr. Fuji! Just meat slapping against meat. Yep. Uh, this is what we call so much awesome fucking match. pork going on oh here. Oh my <laughs> god. Uh, Gorilla calls the Powers of Pain a mongrel team because Fuji is on it? And yeah. that made me feel real weird. Yeah. What? I didn't like that at all. What is, what is, he was what, he was like the powers of, he's like the powers of pain are a mongrel team and Ventura's like what do you mean he's like I mean they're a good team overall but now they got Fuji in there with them like what the fuck are you talking about monsoon hey, yeah monsoon not that it's like <laughs> stop Ugh. stop cut 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 <laughs> right uh the powers like of is he is he saying the wrong word thankfully <laughs> maybe oh just I don't maybe you meant to say mongol. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's what they, like, like... No, no. Yeah, I, no. Uh, that would be better somehow. Uh, Powers of Pain <laughs> take over. <laughs> Fuji tags in only to hold Axe's head and then tag in the Barbarian to bonk him. Uh, they really just work on Axe for most of this match. It, most of this match is them just whooping on Axe, Demolition Axe, while Smash just stands in the corner. Uh, but Smash finally tags in, who goes in on both of the Powers of Pain, delivering power slams and clotheslines, uh, dropping the Warlord on his throat on the ropes. Uh, Warlord grabs Smash, and Mr. Fuji tries to throw his patented Mr. Fuji's racist salt at Smash. But Smash dodges, okay. and Fuji uh, throws the salt into Warlord's face, and then Demolition hit Fuji with their finish to remain to retain their titles in 8 minutes and 20 seconds. Whenever I think of Mr. Fuji, I think of the Edge and Christian show on WWE Network when they're like, this episode is brought to you by Mr. Fuji's Racist Salt. Mr. Fuji's Racist Salt. It was a different time. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I forgot about that. God, I just I have it. a note going, Mr. Fuji with the pocket sand trying to beat <laughs> these guys. <laughs> pocket sand! <laughs> oh my god. I love uh, it. I, this was fine. It was, again, like a lot of these matches on the show, where it's like they're not like bad, but they are exactly what you think they're going to be, which means you set your standards pretty low, which means they do, they deliver on those low standards. It's like yeah. this weird Ouroboros of is it bad or am I just <laughs> like accustomed to mediocrity? Like, what are we doing here? Uh, is it bad or is it old? You tell me. Or is it racist? What do you think, Jesse? Um... Yeah, I, I was fine with this. <laughs> that does really describe Jesse, half of this show. Jesse, we're holding you down and forcing answer. you to give us an answer. Damn it! God, except Jesse's gonna dodge, and then I'm gonna throw salt in Noobs' eye. <laughs> oh God, no. Um, I like this just because I, I like a good meat slapping match. So, and Absolutely. I love Mr. Fuji because he tries so Listen, hard. Listen, if there's anything in this world I know Jesse loves, it's watching Demolition beat meat. Noobs, what Thanks. did you think? Yep. That's all that That's, was for. I, I, I just, the, the note you, that, that I a funny had joke. nothing bad, nothing crazy, <laughs> nothing great. Just yeah. good. Yeah. It, it just like, if you were like, hey, what's the most 1989 match? It is that. Oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, Cut to the back to see Shivani trying to get an interview with Macho Man, and and he opens the door. And Macho Man is just like, Rrr! and he like pushes the cameraman over and runs down the hallway. Hogan, and that was just kind of it. It was weird. Yeah, it's just like some Muppet shit. <laughs> yeah, that's that's some animal <laughs> shit. Yeah, that's fucking ah! animal. 
Hogan! 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 God, let me tell you. Let me tell you. I would pay good money for a t-shirt of Tony Schiavone in the Electric Mayhem. Oh, my uh, God. Oh. <laughs> oh. Oh, that's cool. I like that. That's a good uh, one, actually. Thank you. Uh, God, I saw... Hold up a second. Did y'all see the post somebody made the zodiac as muppets so yeah i saw that i'm fucking gonzo and i'm like oh well right, i'm i'm not i don't i don't i put did a, not see that i don't put a ton of of weight onto uh, i'm not a particularly uh spiritual or metaphysical person that being said let me find it god damn it where is it because there's one on here that they uh they made you skeeter they did make me skeeter. What's April twenty eighth? Oh, I have it saved very close. So, but yeah, um, my girlfriend was uh, no, my brother, my brother's animal, which is fucking hilarious for lots mm-hmm. of reasons. That was that was pretty good. Yes, uh, um, that is pretty good. Yeah. Um. Okay. While I'm finding this, uh, they also did Homestar Runner characters as as a Zodiac. Uh. Uh, noobs. Oh, did yeah. you did you Homestar Runner? I I couldn't tell if Jesse. Uh, Je- I don't know if you're. I've never done Homestar Runner. I don't know. Yeah, I, I feel like bit. you're a little too young for Homestar. I did Runner. for a little bit. Um, I mine was. I felt called out again because mine oh. was Coach. <laughs> mine was Coach Z. Uh, Ascension Zodiac thing. The things on it: upbeat and encouraging, caring and kind, down with the Wu Tang Clan. Doesn't know what <laughs> basketball is. Speaking of sort sports, you're not the best athlete. Still, it's important for you to do a good job. Jarb, jarb, jarb. Uh, and then I, I'm apparently animal. Okay. Oh, you're just. <laughs> but my, has a yeah, lot my, of energy. Okay, my fucking scooter and. Super smart, oh. super smart, but not the best when it comes to social situations. Book smart, but not at your best in the real world. Never really knows what to say. Has a bad habit of inadvertently making things worse. Really de- determined to help friends. Tries your best. And let me tell you, I do not appreciate being directly called out like this on social media. If you have a problem <laughs> with me, you can come talk to me. Um, and then it, my friend, they got rid of, they like deleted the tweet following that which was the scorpio one which was statler and waldorf which i sent to a friend of mine and they were like wow that's really fucking good and for whatever reason they deleted it i don't know why it's weird oh yeah see that sucks yeah but yeah. Uh, i managed to still have a screenshot of it um yeah being being gonzo made me happy i was i was down for that i, was like, I okay. mean yeah that that tracks i'm okay uh, with animal <laughs> Yeah, animals fucking great. Animal. I love. I love. I love says life of the party and also kind of death of the party. That was really fucking. Great. Boy, that yeah. is. I was gonna say and, that's on the nose, but it mm-hmm. is Gonzo. Oh no 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 that that's an animal. Life party death party is. Speaking animal. of Muppets, Ronnie and, Garvin well, and Dino Bravo. Uh, listen. <laughs> listen. This is a four-hour show, and we the, are. Those are the names of Muppets, but those habit. don't it's, look like Muppets. It's, it's wild that this is like this is like a four-hour show, and we're it's probably going to be one of our shorter episodes. Ladies uh, and gentlemen, it's Dino probably Ronnie Garvin. It's time to <laughs> time to put on makeup. It's time to light the lights. I'm dying inside in Trump Plaza tonight. Uh... <laughs> It's time to suplex your enemies. It's time to sleep or hold your 
constituents. It's time. Sorry, I'm done. Dino Bravo's out next with manager Frenchie Martin <laughs> to wrestle rugged Ronnie Garvin. Everybody go get your popcorn. Wait, why is Fink still talking? He's <laughs> he's here to introduce Jimmy Snug. Everybody hide your wives. I was about to uh, say, how'd you, it's just like Jimmy Snuka showing up a little late, fresh out of jail. Like, um, Snuka oh. comes down, gets in the ring, poses, leaves. Yeah, he's yeah what rings. the fuck was that? Match starts. It was yeah. one of the weirdest things I've ever seen. It was beautiful. Like, do you think that was just in his contract when I don't Vince know. hit the body? Was that he just got I to don't, show yeah, up? Yeah, when, when Vince, like, like what the paid off the investigate i have no idea um because this is not the first nor the last time that they just bring up hey snooker and then he leaves yeah like, like that's happened a couple... i think that's happened at a wrestlemania before yeah yeah and I, but but also watching um the uh like the 97 stuff like he just kind of shows up and then he leaves sometimes they're matches but they're it's so very... weird but they're not advertising. They're super quick, and it's like just okay. All right. I don't get it. Don't. Yep. All right. Whatever. Uh, Dino Bravo beats the shit out of Garvin for a while. Uh, <clears throat> Garvin gets his babyface comeback, but it doesn't last as Dino hits Garvin with a side suplex to get the win in the longest three minutes and six seconds of my life. After the right. match, Garvin attacks Dino Bravo and Frenchie Martin to get his heat back. <laughs> so yeah. Some god, after that, I'm like, what garbage is gonna be next? Oh my god, it's the brain busters! Yup, yeah, oh, Tully Blanchard and Arn Anderson versus Strike Force, Tito Santana, and Rick Martel. These are four actually really talented people in a match. Yeah. No, this is some good shit. Oh my god, uh, the brain busters, uh. Uh, immediately tries to cut the ring in half, try to cut the ring in half and isolate Martel, but like Martel fights out and, and all four men brawl and then strike force hit the brain busters with like a double drop kick and they clear the ring and they celebrate and uh, uh, Martel has arm on the mat and they're doing like the test of strength where like Martel's trying to hold him down and Arn is slowly fighting up to get his shoulders out and like it was so fucking cool uh, <laughs> and like Arn would do that all the time, but no one else does that. So like, it seems way more cool than like normal because you never see it. There's uh, that one match with Arn. <laughs> There's one beautiful moment when um, uh, it's Anderson and Martel, and An Martel's got him. Anderson's climbing up to the top rope, and he's on the top rope. Yeah, Martel kind of stops him a little bit, and then fucking. <laughs> fucking gorilla goes he caught him in midair yeah anderson is still standing on the rope just yep. like just hanging out it's like um, <laughs> bro <laughs> what's happening here oh my god mm. like martel gets arn in a boston crab that gets broken up quickly by tully poking his eye when the ref wasn't looking mm -hmm. uh, then a great all right so tully goes after martel but martel tags in tito who immediately puts Tully in the figure four. Then Martel runs in and puts Arn in the figure four. And then Arn pokes Tito in the eye and Tully pokes Martel in the eye. They poke the this opposite is... member of Strike Force in the eye to break the holds. So good. This is some AWA shit, man. It's so fucking good. Martel or gets... NWA, whichever yes. one. Martel gets Tully in a small package, but Arn gets in the ring and distracts the ref as the members of Strike Force tag, so the ref doesn't see it, but it doesn't matter. Tully, Tully dodges a forearm from Santana, and the two members of Strike Force just crash into each other. Uh, things slow down a little as uh, the Brainbusters isolate 
uh, Tito on their side of the ring, just really working him over, cutting off his comebacks. But and we get a beautiful Aloha Arn as Arn hulas his way out of a sunset flip attempt from Tito. Uh, no one does that as well as Arn. Arn just selling that sunset flip and like gr- frantically grasping around him, trying to grab onto something that's just not there. I love it. Um, and then what you mentioned, noobs, Arn goes to the top rope and Tito runs up to grab him. And Monsoon is, yeah, he's like, he grabbed him out of midair, but Arn sells like Arn acts like he just got grabbed by the Babadook. He sells the terror <laughs> that he is about to get yeeted across the ring so well. Yes, he does. Like, no, 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 no. Oh, Arn's the best. They slowly crawl to their torner- corners. Arn tags in Tully, but Martell looks at Tito's tag and walks away, hopping off the ring apron and going to the back to a chorus of boos. Gorilla, what does this mean? Ventura, well, that means that T- Tito Santana now finds himself in a handicap match. Wow, beautiful. Yep. Beautiful. Uh, Arn works over Tito and hits him with his mm, perfect backbreaker. And then uh, Tully uh, uh, goes after Tito, but Tito fights back, going for a monkey flip that Tully stops. Tully tags in Arn. The Brainbusters hit their two-man spike pile driver finisher, and they win the match in 917. Uh uh, mean Gene is immediately in, like, in, at the entrance talking to Rick, yelling at him for abandoning his partner. Martel flubs some words, but cuts a solid tag team breakup. I'm a heel now promo, which starts his evolution to Rick the Model Martel, which was the best version of him. Uh, fucking great match. Like, all four of these dudes are so good. Like, Arn, yep. everybody knows is great, but I think the other three, I think Tully, Tito, and Martel are all incredibly underrated workers. Um, and just giving I've, these I've, guys nine minutes. Oh, so good. I at least heard of Tito Santana as well. Yeah. Um, it, it's, it blows my mind that even though I knew the Brain Buster tag team, I never understood who Tully Blanchard was. Of course, he looks so much different older oh, than he yeah. did then. Arn, Arn looks the goddamn same. Arn was born looking 40. He'll die yep. looking 40. Yeah, he'll be 90 years old and look 40. And still deliver a beautiful uh, uh, backbreaker <laughs> to 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 the Reaper himself. <laughs> oh my God! I need to start a wrestling themed Southern rock band so I can record the song "Backbreaking the Grim Reaper." Oh my God! <laughs> uh, but yeah, great match. Uh, anything else Good about thing that? You only one, got Jesse? bones to break. <laughs> Uh, fucking fantastic. Uh, anything else, Jesse? Um, I love Arn Anderson. He is the best. And uh, he's not related. No relation, sadly. Oh, yeah. Your last name is Anderson, isn't it? You... Yeah. yeah. I was about to make some, like, you generic white motherfucker, but, like, I I can't um, say shit. My name's Davis. Like, it's I'm one step yeah, away from right. Smith. Fuck, right? fuck do I know? <sighs> yeah. But <laughs> you can't even get shit. me on the first name front because your name's Adam. I don't, like... I have met a shockingly small number of Adams in my life. I like, I, I don't know if it's just, it's only my anecdotal experience, but like, I've just not, Adam seems like a fairly like uncommon name to me. Uh, but I understand that that's, you know, Y'all just kind of designed anecdotal. to like stay away from each other. Yeah. Well, you know, you don't want the, if you get too many of us in one place, there is the singularity. Uh, what'd you think? Oops. <laughs> I, yeah, it was, it wasn't the best, but it's still like Anderson. Arn Anderson was the best to me. Uh, yes, like he was just oh, yeah. fun. Yeah, man. Uh, 
So it's time for the second long non-wrestling segment of the show. Yeah. It's it's Piper's Pit, and it's fucking great. Because Fink takes like two minutes talking up Roddy Piper, and then motherfucking Brother Love walks out in a kill. I knew it. I was just like, it's this so motherfucker. fucking funny. Like, the moment they announced Roddy Piper, Fink finally said Rowdy Roddy Piper, I'm like, aw, shit. I know whose fat ass is walking oh, through those God. curtains. <laughs> <laughs> this, this segment is an incredibly strange time capsule. I swerved you. (laughs) This segment features Morton Downey Jr., who was this pre-Jerry Springer provocateur talk show host who would just stir Uh, shit up and chain smoke. He was like Norm MacDonald before he could tell jokes. Yeah, like, but also like... Without any of the salt, like, Norm Donald at least has, like, some type of awareness and understanding that, like, the things he does might have consequence. Like, have you ever seen the movie UHF, the Weird yes. Al movie? Of course. Yes. In UHF, there is the, the, the fake talk show where it's, like, you know, nuns versus Nazis or whatever the fuck. And it's constantly him getting hit by a chair. And if you're our age, you think that's a parody of Jerry Springer. But that was a parody of Morton Downey Jr., Gotcha. Like that is okay. that is who that was sending up. Uh, also, yeah, it was like '84 when UHF came out, right? Yep. Or something like also, that. one of the weirdest culturally artifacted things in the world is that one yeah, of because that's definitely not a thing that's talked about no. anymore. Uh, Even all, Jerry Springer is still brought up, yeah. kind of. Uh, one of the Koopa kids in Super Mario War is named Morton Koopa Jr. Yep, it's the weirdest fucking thing. <laughs> it's so weird. Uh, there is a really good documentary about uh, Morton Downey Jr. called Provocateur uh, that I highly recommend. It's 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 really interesting, and uh, surprise surprise, he pretty sure he died of lung cancer. Two thousand shocking. Piper comes out and Dude, eventually gets the uh, upper hand on the heels. Yes. Yeah, I have to bring up the fact that his fucking Wikipedia page picture is a really like zoomed in, pixelated, fuzzy image of him screaming. And, like, I guess uh, that just fits that, perfectly. Yeah, no, that does kind of work. Yeah, that's, that's it. kind that's of amazing. Yeah. Everything about yeah, what you've he, explained he is, and that's his fucking picture. Yep. But that was during his younger, um, what show was that that he was on where he was younger? And, um, that was Revenge of the Nerds, I, I believe. I think? I don't he know. Was, he was in Revenge of the Nerds 3. Yeah. That was in oh, 92. God. That okay. was, like, after the whole, uh... After the actual Morton Downey Jr. show, yeah, um, he was in a like that. He was in Predator God Two. Is That's from weird. Something. Yeah, um, Predator I've seen two. it before. <gasps> oh my God! Is he the sleazeball that gets murdered? Yeah, he was Tony Pope in Predator Two. I don't know. Oh my God! That might be the only thing I'd recognize him from. There you go. Holy shit! That's crazy. All yeah. Right. Um. It's not called Provocative. A journalist who reports the gruesome and murderous homicides left by the Predator is constantly criticized by the police for interfering with investigations. He was a reporter or journalist. That's, yeah, that tracks. That seems like the type of person, the, the type of role he would get cast in. Uh, and it was it's called Evocator, not Provocator, is the documentary about Morton Downey Jr. Just wanted to fix that. Uh, but yeah, like Glenn Beck and Rush Limbaugh exist because Morton Downey Jr. paved the fucking way. Uh, take it oh, that way, you will. Uh, Roddy Piper comes out. He asks, like, he's like, "Hey, Morton Jones, you stop fucking smoking," and he doesn't. And so he hits him with the fucking fire extinguisher. It's pretty good. Uh, 
cool to see. And then uh, Brother Love does his Piper impression, which, like, uh, Pritchard has said that, like, Piper didn't like people doing impressions of him. Uh, but yeah. they got Pritchard to do Piper, like, his Piper impression in front of Piper, and Piper was like, all right, this is actually pretty fucking good. <laughs> uh, and so he gave him the I blessing. love that he... I love that he's just got so many like shit bag impressions. Oh yeah. Um, my two, my two moments here, this segment was also the point where I paused it and realized mm-hmm. we are halfway through the goddamn show <laughs> with only like four matches left. True. But <laughs> God damn it. Get in um, there. The other thing that I loved too was when Pritchard was running up the aisle in his uh, underwear. Yep. He falls over and then this poor old security guard just comes up to try and help him. And he you could tell him you could tell he's like shooing her away a brief yep. moment, but it's just like, aw, <laughs> she's trying to help. <laughs> God. Uh it it was an interesting segment, but it made a long show twenty minutes longer. Uh yep. Oh god. Next up is Mean Gene introducing the first ever sneak peek of No Holds Bard. Uh, that clip starts with Hulk Hogan getting trapped in a limo and then exploding out of the top of it because that is the no, kind of movie oh, holds. Yes, Dookie. God, uh, that movie. We should watch that someday. I, I may or may not have had the same thought when I when I saw that. We should watch that as a pastamania, oh, just like having god. fun someday. Yes. Oh my god, um, that'd be that'd be cool. And uh, and then something, uh, and then you know it's fucking crazy. Um, they show the No Holds Barred preview, and then nothing else happens. There is no segment between No Holds Barred and Mean Gene talking to Hulk Hogan. It's there pretty awesome. No like, they just aired five or so minutes of just black. Yeah. I was um, kind of shocked. It actually, it was just Sean Mooney stuck in the Shadow Realm for five minutes. It was awesome. <laughs> uh, so Mean Gene is in the back talking to Hulk Hogan. It is the most coked out 80s Hogan promo. Like, if you've seen one 80s Hogan promo, you've seen them all. And that you, when you think of a Hogan promo, you're thinking of this one. And also all of them, they are Legion. They are all and they are one. <laughs> Legion, uh, brother. Man, if he, I, bet if, I bet if Hogan knew that word, he'd have used it back then. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, next up is the world's biggest. Oh, no, by the way. So we're coming up to the next match. There's probably 35, 40 minutes in between the last match ending and this match starting. Yeah. You uh, missed there there was one part where they padded it where fucking <laughs> Hogan talks about Hollywood stuff and then Jesse Ventura just flips his shit. That's right. And just starts screaming at Hogan. I forgot going, about that. God damn you, Hogan! You're trying to come into my domain. Fuck you. Like he's not swearing, but he's just <laughs> but like yeah. he is livid. And it is great. Oh my god. Now I just want to watch Running Man. <laughs> oh god damn! So fucking good. Oh god damn! Yeah, it is. Ah, it so fucking good. <laughs> was pl- was Sub Zero now Plane Zero? Uh, <laughs> uh, next up is the world's biggest ref, Royal Rumble winner Big John Studd, as a special guest referee for Andre versus Jake the Snake. Oh, oh one more thing. One more thing uh-huh. on my notes. Sorry. Uh, while they were talking about the um, uh, the Mega Powers match, there was a point where Jesse fucking says, because Donald Trump sent a whole team of seismologists to check out the foundations of the building just to make sure nothing goes bad. Uh, and I'm like, that, 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 like, that triggered me because that's what I do. And yes. Seismologists don't do that. Yeah. So, <laughs> so that's in reference 
to the WrestleMania four promo of because Hogan gave probably his most famous coked out 80s promos, the WrestleMania four promo where he talks about how like they're in Trump Plaza and he's going to, he's going to body slam Andre and it's going to have such a force that Trump Plaza and New Jersey are going to break away from the United States and fall into the ocean. And Donald Trump and all of the rest of the Hulk maniacs are going to have to let go of their earthly possessions and get onto the biggest back in the world as Hulk Hogan is going to, is going to swim them all back to safety. And then Hogan looks at the fucking looks at the camera and backstrokes out of frame it is <laughs> look up hulk hogan wrestlemania 4 promo when you can it is the most batshit insane hulk hogan promo ever uh didn't you just say they were all the same this is the but this one it's but they're all legit <laughs> uh but this one but this but one. Le, but legion andre and big john stud though they're two big guys they're one and legion they jaw jack in the ring uh until jake the snake's fucking awesome 80s theme hits it's such a good thing like maybe the best 80s theme like yeah. it's so understated like it fits his character perfectly like it's not bombastic it's not loud it's just fucking there and it's kind of sinister and it demands you lean in and listen to it i fucking love his theme uh as he makes his way down to the ring with damien in a bag slung over his back uh Andre immediately attacks Jake as Heenan removes the pad from the turnbuckle in one of the corners as Stud is distracted. You ever hear the story about David and Goliath? Yeah, and David used a foreign object too. Hey, is Jesse Ventura secretly the best announcer ever? He's up there. He's up there for the quips, yeah. Because that David used a foreign object line killed me. so good. I've I've always liked Jesse's bullshit. Oh, it's he's real good. As is unsurprising with Andre the Giant, this match starts slow. Uh, Don't like Snake Man. Speaking of Homestar Runner, strong man. (laughs) Andre has total control (laughs) until Jake finally fights out, and Andre gets caught in the ropes. The ropes wrapping around his arms to trap him. Jake punches Andre and resists the temptation of going for Damien, but Heman gets Andre's arm loose and Andre takes back over. Uh, Chekhov's turnbuckle comes into play as yep. Jake sends Andre's head into the exposed steel, but it doesn't really matter because Andre just chops Jake, which yeets him to the outside. Uh, yep. And then, like, I. Jake goes to the outside and gets Damien, but Stud tries to block Jake from entering the ring. And for some reason, Andre attacks Big John Stud while he is distracted. And then Ted DiBiase runs down and tries to steal Damien. Andre attacks Stud some more. Everybody wants the snake. Yeah, and, and Jake retrieves Damien. Jake yeets Damien into the ring, and Andre runs off as Stud raises Jake's hand. Jake's wins via DQ in 944. On paper, this doesn't sound like much. I really enjoyed this match because I think this was a really solid storytelling match. As Jake the Snake Roberts is really good at, I think he did a great job of selling him trying to uh, uh, back away from his evil ways and not resort to, you know, the the, the underhanded uh, villainous things he did before. It's why he didn't go and grab Damien. Uh, I think the ending was a ridiculous schmoz, but I was solid because it kind of ended this feud while setting up two more feuds. Uh, I... 
I'm surprised by how much I enjoyed this match. Like, this isn't a great work rate match, but I think this match was really... I think this match achieved everything it wanted to do. What do you think, Noobs? Yeah, it just... It had... It was perfect because it was hiding Andre's issues, like, yep. beautifully, and it oh, just... Yeah. It just everything about it, yeah. I really enjoyed, like, just the chemistry of the two of them. And with Big John Stud in there, and you could tell Andre's just not having it. Yeah. Like, listen here, motherfucker, I'm the one that's supposed to be able to see over people's heads. Yeah, and just apparently, like, like, legit, he and Stud did not get along because Andre did not like it when people his size showed up. Yep. Uh, what you think, Jesse? Yes. Um, yeah, I enjoyed just because it's... I don't know, something about just the way Jake does everything, even lose. Is He's so fucking amazing. Good. It's just, he has such a good presence and the whole snake thing. I love, I love that, like, it kind of felt like, yes, the whole kayfabe point is that he's afraid of snakes and he runs away, but at the same yeah. time, it felt like as soon as that snake was in there, that Andre just dropped kayfabe. Okay, snake's here, back, yeah. right, and I'm out, oh, I'm done. All right, oh, let's go. Fuck this. <laughs> yeah. uh, it, I did, it had, I did. It, had, it had a weird keep kayfabe, fuck kayfabe vibe. Mm-hmm. I did 100% want to see a DDT on Andre, though. That would have been f- fucking f- ridiculous. For a minute, because... He'd have died four years early. God. For a minute, because my brain is broken, I heard... Uh, I, I, I thought it was... But I really just for a minute wanted to see a DDT on that snake. <laughs> Again, I don't know why, but this is kind of where we are at this point. Uh... <laughs> We go to Sean Mooney, who definitely was not in a segment earlier. Mooney is <laughs> interviewing a random fan, and that just kind of happens. Yeah. That and then Gorilla throws to Shivani in the back, who is there with Sherry, and Sherry cuts another, hey, is she on Quaaludes promo? Yeah. <laughs> She's uh, definitely like, uh, what you doing, Sherry? Yeah, Sherry? God. She calls out Rocket Robin and Miss Elizabeth, and that's it. Sowing the seeds for something that would happen later. Um, hard cut to Jimmy Hart walking to the ring with Greg Valentine and Honky Tonk Man, the tag team of Rhythm and Blues. Uh, they're wrestling the Hart Foundation, Bret Hart and Jim the Anvil Nightheart. Yeah, uh, boy. Bret starts with Honky, hitting him with a couple of atomic drops, and then Bret hits Valentine with an inter- inverted atomic drop for good measure. Bret tags in Anvil and yanks the ropes to yeet Anvil into Valentine. Anvil jumping over the top rope, hitting Valentine with shoulder tackle. Got, got a kick out of that at the Royal Rumble. Got a kick out of this now. Yep, it was great. Uh, the heels take over and work over Bret as Jimmy yells into his goddamn megaphone on the outside. And at one point, he's not saying anything. He is just, ah, into the, into the megaphone. Uh-huh. <laughs> he's just screaming. White noise, literally. <laughs> Valentine keeps cutting off Brett's comeback, seemingly endlessly, but Brett finally tags in Anvil, who runs wild, uh, but keeps getting his pins broken up by the Honky Tonk Man. Valentine thumbs Anvil's eye and Honky tags in, but Anvil fights him off and double teams him with Brett, tagging Brett in. Second rope, elbow, beautiful suplex, just classic Brett Hart wrestling that gets broken up by Valentine, breaking up the pin. Valentine jawjacks with the ref, which gives Anvil enough time to chase off Jimmy Hart. Anvil throws the megaphone at Brett. Brett hits Honky with it, and the Hart Foundation get the win in 740. Uh, solid match, but like this is the second match we saw that featured the Hart Foundation getting like their comeuppance on Jimmy Hart that did not end with them getting a clean victory. Yeah. 
every time there's something else, there's some trickery involved that prevents them from getting a clean win. Uh, I wonder if that's just because Honky Tonk Man is a bit of a fuck and doesn't want to put anybody goddamn over. Uh, I swear. To the point where at Starcade 1995, the same one that Brutus Beefcake main evented, he was supposed to wrestle Johnny B. Bad for the TV title. It was the Battle of the Music Gimmicks. And he was basically God. just like, he was basically just like, uh, no, I don't want to, no, I don't want a job. And so he walked out. And so he was replaced by Arn Anderson. And yeah, like it's fucking hockey talk, man. Uh, solid match, but yeah, I, I would have liked a definitive pin. What'd you think, uh, Jesse? Yeah, it's weird. Um, is this before the Heart Foundation has won anything, won belts, or I did they think so? I can't even remember because they wrestled for the titles at SummerSlam, right? But they didn't have them. Mm, yeah, I think so. so. It's just interesting how they how they build them and work them out and stuff. It's, but uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I just love watching the Heart Foundation go. They're great. Yeah, and just uh, fucking wild of how, for how long they've been going. Like, yeah. the Heart Foundation made their debut at WrestleMania 2. Yeah, that's... Unreal. It's so weird to think that at the precipice of the Attitude Era, what a legend and how long Heart had, Brad had already been around. Yep. Because it, it does feel like he... He could have been going until like oh five oh six if things didn't go the way they did, and he stayed in WWF. Yeah, like uh, fucking you... man, what does that timeline look like? It's fucking wild. Uh, what do you think, noobs? <laughs> yeah, it's just like the Owen and Mister Perfect match. It's just like it's insane, and also the um uh, the Rockers match. It's just insane. Yeah, the talent that's just sitting there. Yeah, and also uh, Greg Valentine and Honky Tonk Man. Also that, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Honky Tonk Man has a pretty decent looking guitar. He does. He. I don't know if you knew this, but uh, he is cool. He is cocky. He is bad. Wow. Oh, okay. It I is not. It's crazy when the one pulling all the weight is Greg Valentine. Yeah, I think Greg Valentine is a slightly underrated wrestler. Uh, no, he he is. But, yeah, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, I know. When you when um, you put all the hunks of meat together, and that hunk of meat is yes. you know, the worker. Whoa. Uh, also, the Hart Foundation won their first tag title in 1987, and they held it okay. for 274 days before driving it to Strike Force. Um, okay, and so they, they kind of yeah, they would pick it back up thing. at SummerSlam in 1990, um, uh, and that would lead to the Phantom title change of the Rockers winning the title. Oh. But the have you ever heard this story? Yeah, yeah, where the rope broke, and so. They just kind of were like, oh, like the rope broke. It wasn't usable footage, so the title change doesn't count. Weird. We'll do it again some other time, and they never did it. Yep. Uh, so, a very long history yeah. of I'll pay you back, Brett. Uh, from Sean. <laughs> no, this was I'll pay you back, Sean, from Brett. Because uh, okay. the, the Hart Foundation didn't drop you're the right. titles, like, uh, officially. No, you're right. Okay. Yeah. Oh man, uh, what if Sean just held that for ten years? Like it seems like <laughs> depending on who you listen to, it was kind of Brett like flexing his weight a little bit. Uh, and they ended up dropping those titles to the Nasty Boys. Perfect. Yeah. Makes sense. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Uh huh. Um. Uh, uh, they replay the footage from the pose off the Royal Rumble, and up next is the IC title match. Uh, challenger Rick Rude is out first, accompanied by Bobby, Bobby Heenan. Heenan worked fucking overtime tonight. He's involved oh, yeah. in five matches tonight in the Heenan family 
ruled. It, it's unreal. Uh, Rick Rue does his whole thing and reveals the IC title airbrushed on his tights and poses for a moment before the Ultimate Warrior runs screaming into the ring. Uh, Warrior immediately attacks Rude. Rude dodges the clothesline and Rick Rude needs Warrior in the gut, but Warrior was still wearing the belt, so it hurt his leg. So it hurt Rude's leg. Um, Warrior pushes Rude in the corner a few times and Rude sells it like a fucking champ. He bumped all around the ring for Warrior in this match. Oh my god. He was like yeah. Ziggler all over the place. I had no idea Rude was that good a seller. Um but in case you I kind of I kind of believe it. I uh, no, it. I believe it. I just like I, I I never thought about it. Like it, you know, when I think no, of Rude, I don't okay. think like that. Um but in case you were excited about a really high-paced warrior match, don't worry because Warrior immediately gets Rude to bear hug. Uh, Rude thankfully thumbs Warrior's eyes to break out and delivers a gorgeous top rope drop kick that Warrior kicks out of immediately. And Warrior stops selling the thumbs in the eyes and body slams Rude's several times before locking in another bear hug. Yep, gotta, gotta rest a little bit. Yep. Rude goes to poke Warrior's eyes again and the ref keeps grabbing Rude's hand to stop him because that ref is apparently a motherfucker. <laughs> Uh, Hina's doing a great job on the outside just looking sketchy as fuck for the entire match. Uh, <laughs> Warrior slings Rude around for a bit uh, while Rude manages to hit Warrior with a power driver, but of course, Warrior kicks out of two. Uh, Rude works over Warrior and, and Rude holds Warrior in this weird crucifix-type hold. Warrior starts hulking up and like inches Rude to the corner and makes Rude grab the ropes and like start shaking the ropes like he does in his entrance and it was weird but like kind of amusing like probably wasn't amusing for like intended reasons but i don't know i kind of liked it uh warrior knocks root around with some shoulder tackles and whatnot and then warrior botches something into the corner like he's like yeah. carrying rude going to the corner weird, and they yeah. both just fall what the absolute fuck was that uh that was, was the weird. ultimate warrier uh, he <laughs> was a professional wrestler who oh, won God. the main event of wrestlemania 6 Interesting, uh, huh? Um, I wish to not subscribe to these facts. <laughs> <laughs> Reply stop to unsubscribe from Warrior Facts. Uh, Warrior clotheslines Rude out of the ring. Stop. And you've subscribed to more Warrior Facts. God damn it! <laughs> God. Remember the, the, remember the Halcyon internet days of Cat Facts? God, those are great. Did you ever see that, Jesse? What people would just uh, like go into websites that would allow you to text people from like dummy numbers, and it would text like oh, you subscribe wow. to Cat Facts. Like you, we will be sending. Was you that facts. real? Yeah, no, it would... was like it was like people like okay. some of them were real, but some of them were just like people just typing out messages themselves to okay. fuck with their friends. Yeah, it'd be like hey, you have subscribed to Cat Facts. Like, did you know it's some weird Cat Fact? Press stop to opt out. Stop. You subscribed to CatFax Pro. Now double the CatFax. Yeah, it just it just kept going. Like <laughs> it was so one of the original good. troll things. It's and it was, so good. Oh. Yeah, I don't. Oh, uh, right. uh, God, that takes people. back to that fucking takes back to high school. Fucking CatFax and Chuck Norris jokes come at me. Uh, Warrior clotheslines Rude out of the ring, and Warrior suplexes Rude into the ring. But as he comes down on the suplex, Heenan grabs his foot. Allowing Rude to make the pin and win the IC title in 936. Warrior beats up Heenan and chases down Rude into the back. Uh, is this the best Ultimate Warrior match? It's gotta Maybe. be up there. I know that's a Maybe. really low bar, but 
Was the Hogan match that bad? It wasn't great. It was Hogan and Warrior. Warrior. Uh, like Warriors. Like Rick Rude's the type of guy who'd get a good match out just about anybody. Uh, and you know, Warrior being that, like it, it was yeah. super solid. Like Rude, but Rude like carried this match on his fucking back. Like this. Oh, was all Rick Rude. um. Did Warrior's legs look weird to you guys? Did they look somehow? I mean, Warrior's less? everything looked weird. Warrior to me. always looks weird. Yeah, I know, but I used to think that his like his whole body was thick and weird, but his legs looked kind of awkward. He's a weird looking motherfucker. That's fair. Uh, but yeah, uh, what do you think, uh, noobs? I yeah, it just the thing that always scares me are those goddamn pile drivers. Yep. I hate uh, them. Yeah, like. I hate him. Even if like Rude was not the biggest of guys, like leg wise. Like you look at Undertaker or Kane, who can really protect you. Yeah. I just God, that's that was scary. But God damn it, Rude's hair was fucking amazing. It was beautiful. Holy shit, that was and, like, gorgeous. Especially that style of pile driver is really like because like the the tombstone is so like the, the tombstone pile driver like taker and kane do is fucking like yeah no it's a it's you're, funny. Like, you're it's, hurting taker and kane's knees more yeah than like your else. head it's like it's it's mm-hmm. like it's the least convincing wrestling move because you can easily see their head is six inches off the ground but like that's fine because that's where it needs to goddamn be uh but to pile drivers like this like that's the like you know like fucking pile driver that broke steve austin's neck uh What'd you think, Jesse? Yeah, I, I like I liked a lot of it, but that I, I was just so confused by that like sloppy ass throw it was thing weird. that it kind of turned turned me off to the rest of the match. Mostly because like I was like, oh fuck, what's Warrior gonna screw up next? Right. Uh, <laughs> so you know that that instability, but yeah, Rick Rude fucking did. Was this Ultimate Warrior's first of? pin too that's what's crazy i don't I think, think they, so yeah you think they would hype that more but i don't remember them saying anything like oh he's not undefeated anymore but, yeah i think it's yeah. because it was like it was so dirty they didn't want the oh. they didn't want the audience Back to then, think sure yeah like they didn't want them to think oh god he took his first loss it should be like collusion yeah it was different <laughs> then, i'm sure i gotcha yeah. um and uh, immediately we start the next match yeah, as just, Bad News Brown makes his way down to the ring, he's wrestling, he's wrestling Hacksaw Jim Duggan. This match is exactly what you think it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, at one point, Duggan is beating on Brown in the corner, and the ref starts to count to five, and Duggan just yells, "Get off my ass!" At the ref, <laughs> weird, <laughs> right? He does. Uh, Duggan takes out Brown with a shoulder tackle, and Brown goes to the outside and get a chair. So Duggan says, "Bug it!" Grabs his two by four. They attack each other. For the two weapons, and I really want somebody to take a uh, edit of them swinging the the two by four in the chair at each other and put Duel of the Fates from episode one underneath it. Yeah, baby. Uh, <laughs> and they get a double DQ in three forty nine because it is physically what? impossible for it is physically impossible for Duggan to fucking job to anyone. Yeah, it's kind of bad. Duggan I represent just... America. I can't lose. And Duggan celebrates after the match. Uh, yeah, so from bad to the Red Rooster, uh, Gene is in the back, and he's with the Red Rooster. Dear God. Oh, dear God. Yeah. Bobby, he is wrestling Bobby Heenan. Oh, dear God. Bobby Heenan is accompanied by the Brooklyn Brawler? Like, my favorite thing about the Red Rooster, 
Terry Tyrod Taylor, right? <laughs> <laughs> that's that's how it is. <laughs> I don't fucking know. I don't know his real name. His name is Terry Taylor, but he is Terry Tyrod Taylor for now. Just fucking done. Sure, why the fuck not? <laughs> God damn, my favorite thing is whenever <laughs> he's standing still, you can see him like pretending to peck at food. He's just like, <laughs> like he's just like head poke, like head poking, like the whole time. It's just like, <laughs> God, <laughs> it's so freaking weird. It's just so sad. Bop. Uh, <laughs> he immediately gets the shit kicked out like yeah they fucking like he heenan yeets himself into the corner and that's it yep and my my note is yep it's a weird thing uh this is it's totally unrelated because you know uh like smackdown right now is like on twitter is like like their trending topics yeah or like, like their I life got... thing I got and, on YouTube TV it notified yeah. me saying SmackDown's yeah. live. So like WWE and Fox is like, dear Twitter, especially like to be Friday and that's Friday Night SmackDown would actually be on. It's not, but it is currently airing on FS2, and that's why. Oh. So hey WWE on Fox on Twitter, pay attention to what's on your fucking networks. Damn. Uh, yeah, that match was fine. Like it's always fun to see Bobby Heenan get his comeuppance. Uh. You know, it it is what it is. Like, um, although I do think about he ended up with like really bad back problems. Yeah. And like seeing him just throw himself into the corner like that, it's just, oh God. Bobby the Brain he he had neck issues. Yeah, it was neck issues, that's right. Yeah, like there was a point where his neck was so messed up, but somebody grabbed him by the back and, of the and neck he yelled, and he was What the screaming. fuck are you doing? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't remember who grabbed him. It might have been no, I don't remember who it was. It was in yeah. WCW. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, it... yeah. Like he yelled uh, on mic. Yeah, like he was that nervous. It's like, yeah, makes sense. Let me see if I can find it. It's gonna bother me now. Bobby Heenan shouting the fuck. You... Brian Pillman. That's of that's course it was right. Brian Pillman. Of course it was Brian Pillman. Uh, Wait, what? So Brian Pillman was like in WCW was was oh. like you know being the loose cannon and he went over and he like grabbed he was he was trying to get Bobby Heenan's headset but in doing That's so right. he just like kind of grabbed like Heenan's like like the, his collar and like he jerked his neck and Heenan immediately was like what the fuck are you doing because he like had bad neck problems that's why he stopped managing yeah. uh Gene uh, is in the back with Miss Elizabeth Elizabeth says she's going to be in a neutral corner and she'll support both men Elizabeth has always come off as kind of terrified in promos, and dear God, she was in this one. Yeah, she's just yeah. like a deer in headlights. It's like, oh no. And that's just kind of the beginning of them treading water a little bit, because they go to the back to Shivani, and he's just like, oh, there's no one in the locker room. They're all out to watch the match. And then they cut to Sean Mooney, who is still trapped in the Shadow Realm somewhere. Uh, they were interviewing a group of people and you could tell all of the goddamn marks wanted savage and the kids are for hogan like yep. you could just tell it's like yep the age change and they all want savage all right <laughs> uh with preamble out of the way macho man's music hits and he makes his way to the ring uh elizabeth gets introduced next and she makes her entrance to macho's music and he then makes you, her uh -huh. entrance 
with like 20 security yeah. guards around yep. here and then so all weird. of them were black and then there's yep. one white dude like whole, resting his arms over her shoulders oh when i Fucking saw that weird. visual all i could imagine is all i could think is man i i wonder if any of those people of color still have the trump plaza shirt in 2019 right? oh. i hope not yeah i hope not either but maybe God they burned damn. it that'd be cool uh yeah. it was weird they, like they them left. coming down like that i'm yep. just like what is the security yep. like and then uh hogan's music hits and i would imagine that that noobs re you rethought a lot of your your opinions on jesse ventura as he yells about how stupid it is that hogan is out last when the challenger is supposed to come out yeah. first. god damn right god damn right <laughs> yeah one hundred percent. Jesse, Noob goddamn, Noob just looks sense. down and there's suddenly a ballad in his hand. He punched Ventura. And he's like, "Fuck!" <laughs> ah! Not again! No, <laughs> I was ten when it happened. <laughs> it's a conspiracy with Jesse Ventura. <laughs> Kim trails. Macho Man flees the ring. Uh, oh my god. <laughs> So so basically, uh, Macho gets in the ring and then and then runs away as as Hogan is celebrating and uh, great fucking psychology for Macho early on in this match. Like no like chain wrestling or anything. Like Macho and Hogan lock up and and they 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 go back and forth right until Hogan gets the upper hand and then Macho runs. Yep. And retreats to the outside to regroup. Fucking great. Uh, Hulk chases Macho on the outside and then Macho just hides behind Elizabeth. To stop him. Uh, and then fucking Majo gets back in the ring and like sits on the ropes to open them up and is like motioning to Hogan, like, come on. So good. Oh. In case you, or uh, Macho and Hogan like just trade momentum with Hogan, like doing some like Kurt Angle chain wrestling, which it's easy yeah, to forget. So have you, if you ever go back and watch like 80s Hogan in Japan, that's all he did in Japan. He that was in blew, a like like he was in a accomplished like whoa this motherfucker chain like, what Hulk Hogan was an incredible technical wrestler in Japan. It's but you bonkers. know you got to get used to that WWE style. Yeah, it's fucking wild to see how good he tech. It was like what the fuck. Uh, and then uh, Macho hits Hogan with top of axe handle. But in case you forgot, it was the eighties. Don't worry, Macho does lock in a rest hold on Hogan. <laughs> Um, Hogan grabs a hold of Macho's tights and yeets him to the outside because Ho Hogan is a cheater and a heel. Uh, <laughs> He's yep. the bad guy. He's the bad guy. I've been telling you all. He's not. Got rust in his eyes. Speaking of eyes, Hogan rakes Macho's eyes. Yep. Because <laughs> uh, he's the and, bad guy. Yes. Uh, Macho quickly takes over as we see Hogan bleeding uh on his head on the top yeah, when of did his, he cut <laughs> i don't know like i don't know it wasn't that wasn't i don't think that was a blade job i think that was like actually he got busted open it's a macho man match are you kidding in parentheses on page no, 17 like, macho doesn't uh, like line 12 it's like, like you cut your not really your like macho macho doesn't really juice and like macho isn't known know. for I'm having bloody matches fun about yeah. how like it, it is the era, but no, Macho is like, because like, like blading like that was not a WWE thing really at this time. That was like sure. a NWA thing, uh, and and he's bleeding above his his left eye, and that, as Ventura points out, is way worse than bleeding below your left eye. 
uh, Hogan tries to Hulk up, but Macho just throws him in the corner. Macho showbolt showboats as Hogan is is on his knees, but but Hogan gets a burst of energy. He takes over, beating Macho up in multiple corners, and then Hogan just picks Macho up and yotes him onto the floor. Yep. Just yep. dumps him. Uh, Elizabeth comes over to help Macho, but he rebuffs her. Hogan comes out, and Macho goes after him. Uh, uh, but Hogan takes over, and he slams Macho's head in the mat. Hogan picks up Macho to throw him into the ring post because Elizabeth stops him. Macho fights out and lands behind Hogan and pushes him into the post, Elizabeth barely getting out of the way. Elizabeth checks on Hogan, and Macho goes down and makes like drags her away from Hogan to the, to the entrance ramp, and then Hebner just tells her to go to the back. Macho gets back in the ring and jumps from the top rope to the floor, delivering a double axe handle to Hulk Hogan, dumping his throat onto the ringside barricade. Macho gets Hogan back in the ring and just whoops his ass for a little while. Just whoops him. Uh, he ends up getting some of his wrist tapes and chokes Hogan with it when the ref isn't looking. Macho climbs to the top rope and hits Hogan with the elbow. Here we go. Beautiful. Fucking elbow. Boom. Lands. Pin. God, this is so one. Good. Hulk Hogan kicks out. Like 1.5 he kicks out. Yeah. Just Fucking not even. One. And God. Hogan. Macho tries to punch Hogan before he can get to his feet, but it's too late. He begins to Hulk up. Block. Punch. 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 Boot. Leg drop. One, two, three. Hulk Hogan wins in 17 minutes and 54 seconds. Macho retreats to the back, and Hogan must pose. The Hulkster celebrating to send us home for like a while. Like Hogan celebrates yeah. way too long. He celebrates for like five minutes. It was it was too much. Was too music, much. yeah. When yeah. the music loops, it's just like yes. goddamn. All right. Um. So I've never watched this match. I've I've heard about it. I'd never watched this match. And and it's 1989, and you have certain ideas of a Hulk Hogan Macho Man Randy Savage match. This match is really fucking good. It's fun. I did not. I I had no idea this match was this good. And right. I think ninety nine point nine percent of that is Randy Savage, because he's oh, really yeah. great oh, yeah. and he choreographs everything out way ahead of time. And like so I he, said, he got the tugrafter and plunger. I fucked up. I don't know. I'm tired. What about Randy Savage wearing a catheter? No, I said. I don't know. Tugrafter. What is that in my word? Dick. I can't. Yeah, that. Uh, but yeah, like, this match is um, really fucking good. Apart from, like, the last 30 seconds, this match is fucking great. What do you think, dude? Yeah. Yeah, it was great. I was I was mystified by that ape that, or that, like, robe that Macho Man has. He's yes. running around jumping in and out of the ropes, and nothing's catching. I'm just yes. like, yes. That was impressive. And then, like, just the whole time, Savage controlling everything while also trying to get the f- get Elizabeth the fuck out of the way. It's just like, oh, it's so good. I, yeah, no, like, it, it was th- very this good. Is a, this is a ring psychology clinic. Macho played his role as this, like, cowardly, jealous psycho heel fucking perfectly. Macho Man's so goddamn good. What do you think, Jesse? Yeah, fucking... And I was looking up the fact that he only held the title twice is bonkers to me. Um, yep. Also, only defended it once on pay per view, I guess, because that was the time period. But still, he defended it like, twice on pay per view. Okay, I wasn't sure. And also, because he, because he, 
defended at WrestleMania 8 against Ric Flair. He won it off of Ric Flair. He won it off of Ric Flair oh, yeah, WrestleMania sure. 8, and then he defended it. Yeah, yeah, no, it. WrestleMania 7 fucking... No. Yeah, WrestleMania 7, he didn't have... Oh, that 8, was, that 8. Was, I'm yeah. sorry, I can't WrestleMania count. 8, he won it, and then SummerSlam that year, he defended it against Warrior? And he, gotcha. he, he retained... Um, but yeah, and then he dropped the title to Flair, who dropped the title to Brett. Uh, yeah, it's fucking, it's so easy to think of Macho, because persona-wise, he was so like Hogan and the rest of them with this big larger-than-life thing, but like, and there's a reason why that, like, Steamboat Savage match from WrestleMania 3 is his legendary match, and like, he yeah, got man. it, man. He was a fucking... He wrestled unlike anyone else. He's so fucking good. Yep. So good. But yeah, uh fucking macho man, baby. Better show than I thought it would be. Like so, like several really good matches. Now several out of 14, not a great batting average. Uh but, you know, at least two or three of those 14 don't really count, but uh what do you think of the show overall, good. Jesse? Fuck. Um, I was just looking the the Randy Savage Ultimate Warrior match went 28 minutes. I'm trying to figure out what Ultimate Warrior did for uh, 28 it minutes. Was, it was it was a lot of shenanigans uh, because the whole thing was Ric Flair and Mr. Perfect were there, and they were uh, okay. ringside, and they were like, "Oh, we're on the side of one of the competitors of this match. Whose side are we on? Whose side are we on? Surprise, nobody's." <laughs> of course, got it. Um, overall, it was just a lot. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was I a really, lot of show. Some good, some good golden nuggets in there. Fucking yeah, Blue Blazer, Arn, uh, anything with Jake and um, it you it it's funny like it's just such a fifty fifty of of talent of of guys who like breathe that work rate and business and style of the time and other dudes that are you know there because they're big fucking guys and that's what yep. Vince likes. It's crazy. It's it's that mid card versus the upper card, you know. It's yeah. fucking wild. Uh, it's 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 you know it's it's attitude era WCW. Gotcha. Like yep. that's why like Hogan because the the whole thing was always Hulk Hogan went to WCW and he convinced WCW that the right thing for mid nineties WCW was mid eighties WWF. Yeah, that sounds about uh, right. Pretty much what it is. Um, uh, uh, what'd you think, Noobs? I thought it was like there were some good moments. Yeah, but I'll be honest with you guys this this card is this mania took me like five days. Yeah, it took me to a while get to get through. through. Like, mm-hmm. if I had to choose between watching this or Victory Road, ooh. <laughs> I might choose Ooh. Victory Road. Oh, you're saying some shit you can't take back? Just because... Oh, yeah, like you're going to get me to buy that <laughs> fucking subscription to do it again. Um, But it, no, it's just like, I just... It's, it's, a, it's a time capsule. Yeah, I agree. it's the 80s. Yeah. But, like... The I'm, 80s are supposed to be revered and all that good stuff. And it's like, yeah understandably they paved the way but god damn it knowing how we know wrestling becomes or what it becomes today it's just like mm, yep don't cut it anymore like it's 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 really like interesting the- to go back and look at it but like it's not something you want to live in 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Especially Trump Plaza. Ha! <laughs> uh, uh, but I, I, I'm glad we did this. I don't I expect too. to be going back here again anytime soon. And like, it's really interesting because, because noobs, you and I both kind of independently thought we should do this. Yes. And you messaged me, and you're like, hey, what about Macho versus Hogan? And I was like, that is literally what I have penciled in. Yeah. Uh, but, like, you know, be careful what you wish for. Yeah, I guess. Uh, it's just like, I was just thinking of, like, okay, just a different contrast of something. Yes. Because originally, the original plan I had sent you, mm -hmm. do you remember it? Yeah, I think it's uh, probably the same thing that both of you have sent me multiple times. What, Sting? Yeah, probably. Oh, no, that's right. You did say you wanted to do, like, Sting, except he didn't wrestle for a year. Like, I wanted to like, Star King 97. Sting. Yeah. But he didn't um, wrestle. Yeah, he didn't yeah, wrestle. Yeah, yeah. Like, no, so I, brought, have... I brought up Crow Sting before, too. That's we right. We would have I had didn't... to have watched it, like... Yeah. It we would have had like to watch Nitros. random WCW Nitros. Yeah. It was just like, yeah. uh, that's a lot to go through. That's the... Yeah, yeah when I was... When I first was starting the... Um, watching all the Attitude Era Raws, I'm like, I think I need to go back and watch Nitro 2 when I'm done with this. Whenever I get to it, I got, you know, other I, stuff um, now. I watched Nitro. I started on the, the Nitro after Hogan turned heel, and I watched through the end of 96. Yes. It was it was actually fucking fascinating because, like, you watch it, right? And half of Nitro is still, like, Saturday morning cartoon Dungeon of Doom Nitro. And then that's bonkers, but like, but it fucking works because it makes the NWA actually or the NWO actually feel like this invading force because it feels like they are coming in and trying to blow up this version of Nitro. It's it's fucking yeah, it's like a fascinating real, like, watch. like yeah. story. It's interesting. Yeah, for sure. It's it's it really shows why Um, it took over. Yeah. yeah. But uh, looks like we might we might be taking a short break here, uh, because uh, Jesse, you have a lot of stuff going on. Yeah. Um, and we're going into the holidays, which, as adults, is a fucking nightmare. Yeah. Now we have to make the food and go the places. God, right? I have to fucking. Uh, there's there's <laughs> a few weekends that I am not looking forward to cooking wise. I'm just like, oh, oh no. See, I'm actually bummed just out. Just shove one of your IPAs into a turkey, noobs, and call it a day. <laughs> I mean, I'm gonna shove a turkey into a goddamn deep fryer pretty Hell soon. So I'm good with that. Yes. God, fried turkey so goddamn. What weird. is that show? What is? It wasn't fucking king of the hill was it where they like did deep fried turkey but they left a can of beer in there and it like exploded i don't Am I making there was that an, up that has was to an be episode, something no there was an episode of king of the hill where they got like a deep fryer that you would use for turkey and they deep fried a whole bunch of stuff and they yeah. did deep fry oh, a yeah. can of beer yes that yeah that is that episode but yeah, yeah that's what not, i thought there's like that, just beer yeah. and exploding yeah and yep. yeah they, they deep fried a beer um oh well, yeah but uh, so well, yeah, yeah. Fuck noobs. make everything better. Um, and so I'm going to, I'm going to kind of keep my ear to the ground, uh, take a look around, see, uh, uh, options for where we're for formatting, uh, for going forward. Cause I know, uh, probably early next year and, uh, we'll see where you're at Jesse and, and, and all that for sure. But we do need to know, what we will be doing when we do come back oh boy so i have told you guys uh several times that where we're going shut up shut up shut up <laughs> i've told you guys uh 
that where we're going uh, next is really different than what we've done before. We are going, we're not doing WWE. We're not doing WCW. We're not doing NXT. Uh, we're not doing TNA. We're going to a small neighborhood uh -oh. in Los Angeles. Wherein lies a temple. This is a temple, my temple, where we honor ancient traditions, courage, honor, oh, oh. and violence. Tonight, oh, the winner no. of each match will be rewarded. A very unique opportunity. Ring the bell! One fall will end this match. I have created the most brutal match ever. Aztec warfare. The luchador who survives Aztec warfare will be my new champion. This is Lucha Underground Championship. Oh boy. Fun fact: All of Lucha Underground recently got put on Tubi, T U B I dot TV, to watch for free. So that yeah. inspired me. Uh, Hell yeah! So tubi.tv. Get ready for fucking roller coaster, man. Yeah, tubi.tv. So the way we're gonna do it when we do this is, we're starting at episode nine of season one of Lucha Underground. Now you might think okay. it's weird to start at episode nine, but episodes one through eight are really weird, and they're kind of setting stuff up that doesn't really pay off. Episode yeah, nine, so just getting champions yeah, and stuff. Like episode nine is Aztec warfare. Aztec Warfare is the entire show is one match and is yeah, determined the first Lucha Underground champion. It is a Royal Rumble, 20 people, one person every 90 seconds, but eliminations are pinfall or submission. Uh, and it's okay. false count anywhere, no DQ. Yep. Um, and it's, it's the perfect starting episode of Lucha Underground because it really introduces all of the characters. So we're starting at episode nine and we're going through the end of the first season. We're going to do three episodes of Lucha Underground per episode of Pasta Mania. Yeah, that makes sense. Because that's about okay, cool. 45 minutes per episode of Lucha Underground. So it'll come in to be shorter than your average pay-per-view. Okay. Um, and that'll give us about seven or eight episodes of this yeah. for that first season of Lucha Underground, ending at Ultima Lucha, which is their season premiere WrestleMania type show. There's a oh, lot of folks so cool. you're going to see yeah. that you recognize. Um and there's a lot of folks that like you're going to recognize now that really yep. came to prominence through Lucha Underground. Yep. Awesome. Uh, I am. I'm excited to to dig into this. I saw that it was on Tubi and I was immediately just like, uh, how can I work this out? Not, this is like not to mention probably personally my favorite fucking announced team of Matt Stryker and Vampiro because solid. Matt Stryker is just the really cool, smooth dude that knows what's going on stuff, and then Vampiro's the crazy fucking uncle who just says random shit, but yep. he kind of means well, and it just holds off very awesome, and I fucking love those guys so much. It's oh, yeah? so good. Uh, I am... I'm excited. I'm excited for this. Uh, we will, you know, keep kind of keep an ear to the ground, see how things are going here in the next uh, month or so, and and maybe figure out, uh, start to work on logistics for that. Yeah. Um, so here's a weird thing. There's basically no official Lucha Underground music anywhere ever. Oh like, man, I can't find like Prince Puma's theme. 
or or Pentagon not even on YouTube, theme. Huh? No, like it's just not there. Wow. So, um, I've got a bunch of random shit on my soundboard right now. So, my friend, me and my friends Josh and Andy, uh, Josh and Andy came up with this idea, uh, for for a show. It's called Designated Hits, and it's it's basically taking two bands and picking songs for those bands and pitting them uh, against each other as though it were a baseball game. Uh, so like you choose, like this song is my pitcher and these songs are my batters. And you know, you kind of, we play the songs and, and talk about them. And then one person is the umpire and they choose, is it a single double, triple home run? It's a fun little thing to bullshit with some friends and uh, to talk about music. Uh, you two are invited on whatever you would like. I know you would both be very good on this. Um, I already have a few. It might be. Oh, God. I don't know. What have I done? Um, But uh, we've done uh, we've done like Nirvana versus Pearl Jam. Don't listen to that episode. It's too long. We've done (laughs) Journey versus Foreigner. Don't listen to that one either. Uh, We've done Pink versus Gwen Stefani slash No Doubt. That one was good. Um, nice. and then I was the umpire for those. And then I, me and Josh went head to head for beastie boys versus Beck. I was very proud of that one. What? And that's crazy. And the last episode I was my idea and it was a little bit looser, a little bit more fun. It was, uh, the lonely Island versus Garfunkel and Oates, uh, <sighs> which was a great time. Highly recommend, uh, uh, designated hits. It's a, it's, it's a, a good time for, for good time for kids which is fucking hilarious if you know about Garfunkel and Oates and the Lily Island. So, I've got a bunch of random shit on my soundboard here. Jesse. Yo. Why don't you give me a number between 1 and 22? 18. Okay, let me double check here. <laughs> Uh-oh. Of course. <laughs> what did I... What uh, what three legged mule did I pick? So most of my stuff on here, it's a Lonely Island song. Like most of my stuff on here is still Lonely Island and Garfunkel yes. and Oates, but there was a little bit of Pearl Jam and and BC Boys and Beck sprinkled in. Uh, so that's what we're going to go out on because I don't have a Lucha Underground. So I'll figure something out between now and whenever. Uh, but as of now, we're going to go out with this song. Uh, so yes, we will be back uh, soon, TM, uh, with Lucha Underground. I'm very excited for that. Uh, but no, I'm I am genuinely Jesse. I'm very excited for like you're starting like a new like school program for programming. That's fucking rad. Yeah, you're gonna kill it, Dakota. Hell yeah! Hopefully, hell yeah! Before it kills me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you say the moment before you get run over by a self driving car. <laughs> Technology. It's gonna yep. Got it. Uh, noobs, thank you, Jesse. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> uh let's uh let's listen to this song also noobs by the way Uh-oh. i was very close the, actually the song that we are going to play that jesse picked the 18th song on the soundboard i almost asked you to put on the rooster speak party playlist this year and i'm going to ask you to put on the rooster speak party playlist next year uh because it's okay. a masterpiece okay uh I'm so thank you, you like thank you thank, thank you noobs thank you jesse
kind of girl kept up on current events from all around the world. More specifically, one event. The time Osama bin Laden got shot in the head. She said, do me like that, but I couldn't track the metaphor.